We're holding Pashas Nusoy and coming from Kabul Satoira. Um, now, the Swedim talk about why Nusoy is so long because it's right after Kabul Satoira, there's more Hashpuas of Toira. When we talk about anything in real life, anything practical, anything about relationships, or anything, anything about our lives, it's always about looking into the Toira and seeing what the Toira has to say about it. And, you know, even when things look you know, so simple and so technical and so practical, we always have to remember that the Torah is, is our guide, the Torah is what's teaching us how to behave and how to live, and everything can be found in the Heidegger Torah. So I'm going to start with a word from Chilish Arim. The, the Torah this week talks about the Nesim. Yes, he had the first Nusi from Shavit Yehida, Boris Karbunas, Nabiyam Hashayni, Hikrim Nesam Ben Seir, and he brought Kalas Kesavachas, and all the same Karbunas as everyone else. And Rashi starts talking about the Tamim uh, for, the, for this amount of Karbunas, why, why it was set up this way, and all the Muslims that were involved, and all the reasoning behind it, by the second Nusi. So the Kedishim asked, why? Why didn't Rashi explain it by the first one? Now, if you learn the Rashi inside, it's not such a, it's not such a big question, because Rashi is quoting Ramo Shadarshan, who is explaining why, uh, something about the Karbun of Nesan al and then he goes into bringing the rest of the, the Drish from, from Ramo Shadarshan. You know, but Rashi could have obviously explained it earlier, especially because Nesan al wasn't the first one that brought these Karbunas. And Rashi says that, Karas case of Achas, meaning Osiris of Gamatri Tuftuf Kiflamid, it's Kanegit Shnois of Shludimarishan, and he goes through the whole carbon, Moisha Naharan, and all the different things that are minimas um, in the carbon. But, but the first news, he doesn't say anything like that. And what Hadishirim explains, something very, very nice, very interesting, is that the first news he brought is Karbunas, and there was a certain way he brought it, you know, what he brought and how he brought and all the amounts and all the, you know, and then when the second news he brought the same thing as the first one, it would make sense to assume that he was basically just copying what the first news he brought. Right, you have 12 Nasiyam, and they're all bringing the same exact thing. It would look like they're all just copying each other. Oh, that's a nice idea. You brought a certain carbon for Hashem, and I'm going to bring the same thing. Now, obviously, they all meant Hashem Shemayim, and they all meant, uh, you know, wonderful things, but, but it still looks like they're copying each other. And that's why Rashi felt it important to explain by the second one that there was a specific reasoning for what he did. He wasn't copying anyone. And each Nusi, the Nusi, each had their own cheshm uh, of why they were doing it, and it wasn't just copying someone. And, you know, this is the Yisoyed Nebuch Hashem, obviously. We're not here to copy people. We're not here to do what someone else is doing. We're not here to imitate people. We're here to serve Hashem. Now, obviously, when the Torah is specific about, about what has to be done, that's a different story. Then we're all taking the same Dalit meaning because that's what the Ibishta wants. That's not what someone else is doing. But it's important to remember that it's all about what do I have to be doing. It's not about other people. It's between me and Hashem. It's about what I have to do for Hashem and what I, what I have to do what specifically is expected of myself and, and not what someone else uh, should be taken care of. And very often people are copying each other either because there's no meaning in what they're doing or because they don't think about what they're doing or because they're looking to impress other people and they think that what someone else is doing must be the right thing to do or they want people to think highly of them or, or anything along those lines. And it's very important to remember we're not here to impress anyone. We're not here to be not sechayim by anyone. Obviously we ask Hashem every day uh, you know, we, 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 we want people to, to, you know, we want to be nice by people, right? You know, it's not terrible to want people to, to see you doing something nice, but it's not, it's not to impress others. It's not because others are doing it. It always has to be a, a higher motive and not just to be doing whatever, whatever, whatever everyone else is doing. And very often when we're not looking to impress others, that's when we have a certain amount of clarity and we're able to do what's right. You know, it just comes to mind. Uh, he once said something about, he was once doing a certain thing, a certain anoga, a certain minig, whatever it may have been, and his einikul asked him, Zayde, why are you doing this? Where did you pick up this minig? He said, the Welt fiyat zechazoi. The world uh, behaves like this. The world does this. He says, the Welt fiyat I never saw anyone do that. 
And his answer was, the Welt was ich read, this is Rav Shimba Yechui, the Ariya Kudish, the Bashama Kudish, and the Heilige Kamarna. Right? To translate that, the world that I'm talking about is Rav Shimba Yechui, the Arizal, the Bashamta, and the Kamarna. Basically, what he meant to say is, when I say the Welt Titapes, when I say this is what's done, this is the right thing to do, it's not because Moshe and Groenim are doing that, it's not because people are looking at me and giving comments or I'm just looking to see what they're doing. There's something more than that. And I think this is so important when it comes to, to running a Yiddish Shtib. Anything about Anukas Abayas, anything about Ishtoy, it's all about, you know, what does the Ibish want from me? It's not about what someone else is doing, what someone else is thinking, or how someone else will be impressed by what I'm doing, or what they're going to say to what I'm doing. So that's just, it's just, and I'm saying this also as an introduction, obviously, to the, to the coming question, just a little bit, but, you know, it's an idea of its own. A Yiddish Ashtib and a relationship between husband and wife are, are personal and highly, and not, and not something that's just, uh, you know, what are people going to say, what are people going to do? So that's just something to think about. So let's, let's uh, read a question over here. Hello, thank you for addressing my question. Okay, this was a question who already uh, wrote in once. I wait every week for your weekly shirim. I'm writing this a bit delayed. Okay. So I'm just uh, leaving out a few lines which are relevant to the question. One, one constant struggle that I have in my relationship is that my parents disapprove of my husband. Although in the Chesidisha circle they were the ones that technically chose him for me. I feel the constant pressure and pit in my stomach when we are around them. I know that it's in my head a lot, sometimes harder than others. My husband is more to the quiet side, despite all my parents' kids being loud and bubbly. And, and he isn't as social as them. I think I'm affected a lot by the way my father once referred to him as being a klutz. I was so hurt and I cried for days after, but I couldn't tell my husband because I wasn't going to hurt him. I was the most upset because I did not... I was the most upset because I didn't pick and choose my husband myself. They sat me down for a show and they asked information. I trusted them. And now they're punching the bull back in my face when I, when I know that my husband isn't the biggest macher, but to label him like that hurts very much. It could bother me from time to time, but he gives me literally everything that I need so I can't complain, especially this detail that doesn't affect me specifically. It's him and his friends. One thing we do need more is quality time. My husband is not a big talker, not such a deep thinker, and is fine with practically everything. Any ideas how we can enhance our marriage even more? Thanks a lot for inspiring me, and I must tell you that at the beginning of my marriage, I was in a trap, but I was in a total mess. My husband and I grew together, and this made us so, so, so close. I love him now, and nothing can separate us. Just more quality time wouldn't hurt. He had changed drastically, and so did I. I'm proud to say that it's... I'm not going to give the numbers, but a few years that we're married, and it feels very good. Thank you for these weekly questions and answers. Um, it helps me grow a lot. A huge thank you for everything. Okay. So, just to sum up the question... Uh, a woman who's Baruch happily married, very happily married, and very close, and growing with her husband, and, and becoming closer to each other. Wonderful, beautiful. Okay, we're talking a little, we'll talk a little about enhancing a marriage even more. Uh, but there's this issue about feeling that her parents are not happy with her husband. So, I assume that whoever's listening to me and knows my style by now is probably expecting me to not um, pass over this idea without addressing the parents. Okay, because this is a public forum, and I'm not talking to anyone specifically. Right? I know sometimes by the time I answer a question, someone writes back to me, oh, it's not even relevant anymore, that's fine. I'm, I'm here to just talk about different topics and, and help people. So one topic that I think everyone has to hear, and it's important for everyone to hear, and I don't know if this questioner's parents are going to ever listen to this or not, or if the questioner herself will one day be marrying of children and need to hear it, and everyone else out there. I mean, the, 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 I'll call it a crime, for lack of a better word, uh, the crime that parents are, are violating by, by doing such a thing. When a parent tells a daughter, right? Your husband is a clot. Your husband is uh, a big shot. Your husband is irresponsible, unreliable. Your husband is... And, and these are things I heard. That's why I'm using these words. And same thing is about a wife. Your, your wife is so not, uh, unappreciative. Your wife doesn't know how to... 
telling that to your child, okay, even when it's true, is is terribly damaging. And it's a, ter- it's a great responsibility that you have for anything that comes out of that, aside from all the hurt you're causing, but anything that could be caused by that, it's just a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. So even if I didn't have any ans- answer for this question, or just the fact that I could say it again in public and have people understand the, the, the severity you know, of talking to a child negatively about a spouse, that, that's terrible. Especially, like she writes, if you were the one that picked the spouse. <laughs> it's one thing if somebody made a bad choice in life and you know, they didn't even get married yet, so you're trying to convince them or you, whatever... But, but if you were the one that did this to them, I mean, this is, this is definitely something that, that causes a lot of resentment and gets taken very wrong. And just, just a week ago, I was talking to somebody who, Mama said the same thing. And this was somebody who wasn't happily married. Okay? There are enough people who are unfortunately not happily married and resentful about the fact that I didn't have a choice. I didn't marry this woman because I wanted to. I didn't, fall, I didn't marry this husband because I picked him. I didn't value what he values. I didn't, we, didn't, we didn't share any goals or anything. It was my parents gave it to me. So this is just something to think about. I mean, if you gave your child, a spouse, uh, and, and did a shidduch, and then you're going to actually go on and even, and even say something negative about it, that, that, that's, that's, that's terrible. It's a terrible thing. Um, in general, this idea of how to look for a shidduch and make sure you're looking for the right person, make sure you're looking for someone who's good for your child and not for you. you know, there's a shame to any time by David Levy, which he talks about, you know, the different ideas about how to make sure you're looking for the right person for your child, for you, how much, how much you should take your child's feeling into account, how much not. It, it's just, it's only to think about. Okay? But especially when it's not even true. In other words, in this case, I mean, it doesn't sound like this guy's a klutz. I'm sorry for saying so. Now, he might not be as social and outgoing as you, parent, would want. It may not be something you appreciate, but to say something negative about somebody who your daughter's happy with, that, that's a terrible thing. So if your child is happily married, and then you're going and say something negative, when you did the shidduch, and it's not even true, it's not like you're trying to open her eyes to see something because she's living in denial, and she's being hurt and abused and taken advantage of, and it's affecting the children. No, you just say something negative because it's not the way you like it. It's, it's a terrible thing. It's a, it's a terrible thing. And I spoke about this in the past, I spoke once to Karatuni about the parents marrying off children, even though I did not marry off any children myself, I have to say that as a disclaimer. So, you know, I hope I don't make all these mistakes myself. I can't, I can't prove myself from my own experience. But sometimes you need somebody out of the box who sees it more objectively because I'm not yet involved. Um, so so let me, let, what, what I did mention over there very clearly was, and people asked me this, so what do I do? What's my job as a parent? I, I'm not allowed to say anything. Well, there's a lot of things you could say. You can give a lot of compliments and a lot of good feedback. And you could keep on telling your child how impressed you are by their spouse and how, 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 much, how much good you see and how impressed you are by the relationship. That, that you could for sure say. And I'll tell you, that helps not only to give someone chizik and feel good, but sometimes there are actually situations that aren't great and there are marriages that are not the best. And the fact that a, a young woman hears from her parents how highly they think of her husband, that, that does something for her marriage. You know, she's not so happy, he's learning the whole day, he's not giving her attention, or the other way around, you know, he's playing around, and they're going on vacations, but, you know, but he doesn't sit and learn, or whatever it is bothering someone. But the fact that she knows that other people think highly of her and him, and their relationship, and they're impressed by him, okay, it's comforting. It's comforting. And sometimes part of what bothers somebody in a marriage is, what are people thinking? <laughs> my husband doesn't sit down with a gemura. I wonder what my parents are thinking. Oh, they think he's a wonderful person. They, they see he's so ibigigayim and getrai and a wonderful husband and, and, and caring and loving and whatever else. Okay, it makes me feel good. I was afraid that people are looking down at me or at him and, and things like that. So that's, that's definitely something to think about and something that could help even when things are not uh, great and, and, not, and not the way they, they should be. Certainly when they are. Certainly when your child is happily married, to say something negative is just a, a terrible thing. And nobody means anything bad. Not a question. I'm just talking about it to bring some more awareness. Okay. Back to the question. It's easy to say, uh, okay, don't be intimidated by what your parents say. Don't care about what they say. Um, you know, 
but with, it's easier to say it. It's easier said than done. Not a question. And as I often say, it's easier said than done, and it's less to be said, and it's less to be done. Uh, but without trying to badmouth anyone, just just to put it into perspective, a parent that could say something like that, something as insensitive as that, and something as as irrelevant as that, uh, it, I, I, I want to be careful. I don't want to. I don't know who's involved. I don't want to say things. It could be. I'm not hearing the whole picture. Obviously, I'm just in the idea. If a parent could tell a child, your husband's a klutz, I don't want to say it says something about them, but it might. It's important to remember this is about them, not about you. If you have a wonderful husband, and, and, and you're a wonderful wife, and you have a wonderful marriage, and somebody says something insensitive and irrelevant, then, then they have a problem. Okay? I don't want to get too uh, negative about it, but yeah, they have a problem. It's not about you. It's always important to remember that. When somebody tells you something hurtful, one of the reasons why it's so hurtful, one of the reasons why it's so disturbing is because you're always afraid and, 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 and you know, double-guessing yourself. Maybe there is something wrong with me, maybe there's not something wrong with me, maybe that person's right, maybe I should be doing something more that even that person should see it the way I see it. But when you realize that, one second, one second, this person is doing something out of bounds, this person is doing something that might, might even reflect on their own insecurities and their own uh, whatever it is, it's not about me, it's not about my husband. I could let, I could let it slide off. I feel proud. I feel I feel confident. You know, it's very important to remember that you could be you could be a proud wife. You could be proud of your husband and confident. And when you walk around like that, you could be sure that such comments uh, fall away in the end because people will see, you know, wow, can I know These people are happy. You have to remember that at the end of the day, we spoke about this recently when there's a competition between parent and spouse, and you don't know who to get along with. Ultimately, it's, it's you and your spouse. You're the ones that, have, that are together more often and are building a home together and going to be around for longer. And and you know, it, when you choose your spouse and you feel proud about it. And you give off that energy, that, that also does something. So it's important to remember, you know, don't don't be intimidated and don't live for the approval approval of others, which is what we started off with. You know, you're not looking to copy anyone, you're not looking to have your relationship look like other people's, or look like something that other people will be impressed with. Do what works for yourself. Do what works for building your own bias and be through. Do what works to promote your own values and your own goals. And, and that's what Yiddish Shashtib is about. And even if you weren't so happy, and even if you were the one that wanted somebody who's more bubbly and social. Just, just putting that aside to, to think about the tachlis and build your home the way, the way, the way it's, it's going to be the best benefit and the best uh, potential it has. That's tremendous. Especially if you're happy with it and someone else who's saying this. It's, it's not a question. And unfortunately, so many people today do live to impress other people. All the, all the social media where people post things and pictures. And I know, just not, not from hearing speeches about this, but from dealing with people. It's such a balloon and such baloney. You got people that talk so nicely about a, a vacation they had while really they were fighting around uh, and they weren't enjoying themselves. You got people who, who talk so nicely about different meals that are served and taking pictures and sharing things that, are, that, are, that should not be shared at all. And, and it, looks like, it looks good and it makes people tempted and jealous and wow, look, and there's nothing behind it. There's no happiness behind it. There's nothing in it. And, and, and in the meantime, other people are drooling. There's nothing to drool about. Okay? So, so remembering that it's all about you and it's not about other people. It doesn't matter what other people think. It's just something to keep on reviewing and reminding yourself. It's about me, it's about my spouse, it's about my family. Where could I make this even better? What could I do to make it better, so to speak, instead of looking for where it's no good and blaming other people? That's, that's, that's um, very important. Um, I tell you, I was, I was at an event, and a guy comes over to me, and, and he said, there's, there's a, something going on over here, uh, and his family doesn't know what to do about it. What is it? His, his wife is going to pieces. Okay, what's the problem? He did a shidduch for a son, and they took a, a wonderful bukhar and everything's wonderful. And a lot of times when I say these things, I'm a, people might think like, wow, you're not changing details. First of all, a lot of times when I read these things, even this question, or when I repeat a story, I'm changing details very often. Sometimes when I don't change details and the person who it's about thinks, uh-oh, they, you just said something, I wonder if people... 
so all these things, all these ideas are so typical. People don't even realize. You know, sometimes people send me an email and they write, change the details. There's nothing to change. Uh, me, and my, me and my spouse aren't getting along. I don't like the way he looks. I and mean, this is very typical. So I'm just, I'm just mentioning it now here again. So there's, there's, there's a couple of shidduch for, for a, a son, a chushu, a bocher. He took a daughter-in-law, took a kala, and a kala who was, who was a wonderful kala for this boy. She was everything he needed. Okay? Um, in terms of values, in terms of, 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 of being in the same, you know, everything. Everything that he needed was in this girl. And unfortunately, people had the insensitivities of saying, or either when they saw a picture or whatever it was and they heard who it is or the family, oh, that, that's who you took? Oh, very nice. Or, or comments like that. Very insensitive, subtle, subtle comments. No, nobody means anything bad. But I guess they assumed that for a book like this, they would get a better catch or something. And a few people passed such comments, family members and others, of... Oh, I'm sure she's a wonderful girl. Or things that made parents um, gave them the feeling that you know people aren't so impressed with the shidduch, and and this mother was extremely hurt. And not just hurt, but like double guessing herself and feeling bad. And maybe I did the maybe I did the wrong move. I could have done better. I see people are not impressed with it. And and this guy was asking me if there's any chizik I can give you know to help out over here. Okay. So one of the things that I I told them and and. You know, to me it was so simple as an objective outsider, but to somebody who's hurt and feeling like this, and, and I'm saying it again before I answer this, you know, this couple, anyone out there who does such a thing, just like I said before, but any parents who do this to a child, is, 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 is violating a, a terrible thing. You're doing something terrible. You don't know what this causes. You don't know what this does when you say something insensitive. You don't know what it does to a spouse. You don't know what it does to a parent, how they're going to treat their daughter-in-law or their son-in-law. Or how, you don't know what this does to someone, uh, aside from just disturbing their simcha, and, and, and making them feel bad. You, you don't know what this causes, so it's just something to think about. And the basic message I had was the fact that you did this shidduch for your son, and you took this girl because it's the best thing for him, and you had other choices, but you knew that, you knew that those weren't as good for him. And for you, they would have been better. And now you're, you're, eating, you're eating that. You know, you're eating the, the pyrus. You're dealing with the after effects of taking this girl over other girls which were available because you did the right thing. You should feel proud. The fact that it happened what you assumed might happen, and people aren't as impressed with the shidduch as they would have been if you would have done another shidduch, that, that's just a byproduct, and that's okay. You didn't settle, you did the right thing. You made a conscious decision to put your son's needs before your needs. And now that you're, you're not feeling great about it, and your needs weren't taken care of, and you're not getting the attention and the good feeling you would have wanted, you should be, you should be proud of yourself, that you didn't make a mistake, and you didn't, you didn't exchange what's, what's important and right for something that's so, that's so insignificant, and, and really insignificant. And you're just hearing the details of what was going on over there. You should feel good about yourself and, be, and feel good about your children and feel, feel good about their marriage and feel proud to be doing the right thing. So this is just something to think now. Something to think about when you do a shidduch. But in this case, unfortunately, the parents are not thinking about their child's marriage. Okay, in, in the, the couple that I was referring to, at least they were taking the child seriously and just being hurt by what other people are saying. Sometimes even the parents don't see it and don't appreciate the fact that their child is happily married. It's terrible. You should be so happy when your children are happily married. Nothing in the world should mean as much to you as the fact that they're happily married. How, how often do you see people, they mix into marriages and they bring up issues and they, 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 they're bothered by so many things that are so trivial and so irrelevant because their ego is getting in the way or they would have wanted the couple to come or not come for Yom or whatever instead of appreciating the fact that your child's happily married. There's nothing like that. So if your parents aren't... Um, intelligent enough or, or whatever or comfortable enough to appreciate the fact that your husband is quiet and that you're happily married at least you should appreciate it remember it's about you it's about him it's not about anyone else so I'm just trying to 
um, clarify and, and drill in the idea of really not being intimidated by what other people think, especially you know, if you're, if you're Berkshire, I'm happy. So that's, that's, that's very important. And like I said before, if you're proud and you're confident and you're giving all that energy, not to spite anyone, but you'll see people will, will, will be less uh, comfortable giving you such comments. Then when you walk around with that chip on your shoulder and that complex, like, uh-oh, maybe people are thinking, and then they, they feel more comfortable you know, giving you those, those vibes that they're not impressed with you. There's something about being, being proud that you're happily married. There's nothing to be embarrassed of. The fact that you, your husband's a plumber or the fact that your husband uh, sits and learns and doesn't earn money or whatever it is, that's fine. If you're proud of it, people will respect it. You know, they, they say this word from Belzeruv, Chassidah uh, should, should show that he knows how to learn. Because people assume sometimes that a chassidah doesn't learn as much as a, a litvah shabuchah, a ben toyer, a ben yeshiva. And that's what's important, to give off that energy that people should know it. There's something about being proud of something that's, that's real and, 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 and something that you, 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 it's okay to show off. Not, not in an arrogant way, not in an inappropriate way, chazor shulam, but you know, to, to be happy and be proud of your husband and be proud of his opinion and talk about him highly and, and show respect for him and people will see, wow, he's not such a klutz. So that's, that's also something to think about. Now, somebody does hurt you and say something insensitive and you're afraid it might happen again or it does hurt and you don't want to have to deal with it and, and it makes you uncomfortable. There's nothing wrong with saying in a very respectful way, I'm sure you didn't mean to hurt me. That was very hurtful. Don't go into the, the, any long explanations or debates about but you chose him for me or what do you think or why is it worse or who said it's good to be outgoing, introverted. Don't go into any kind of narishkeit. Express yourself and very often when people see that you're not intimidated and you say that you're hurt, you know, they'll, 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 they won't hurt you as much. Now, after all that is said, let me, let me mention something over here, because this question I wrote, that it, um, a lot of it is probably in my head. And that's a very, very good point. Okay? I, I answered a shir, I answered in a shir for Bukhram. I, I mentioned I have a, a question answer shir for Bukhram. And a Bukhram asked a very good question. Very good question. I'm holding ready by question number 200-something. And this was a good question. Okay? After answering 200 questions, I liked this question. And the question was, what do I do if I don't like coming home? I like being in yeshiva. I don't like coming home. Why? Because I'm a good boy. and yeshiva, I feel good and accepted and respected. I come home, and I see my parents are, are favoring my brother over me, and they talk to him nicer than me, and they're more lenient with him than me. And with me, it's a whole different thing. I, I don't want to be there. I want to be in yeshiva. It's a very good question. You know, it's a good question because... Of course, I could try to, you know, tell him to be more respectful. I could try to tell him that maybe... Not, but, but the way it sounded, from the way the question was coming across, was he's right. We parents, okay, adults, um, know, consciously or subconsciously, willingly or unwillingly, by the time you have a few children, you, you do favor one over the other very often. There's a reason why Chazal teaches us, don't treat them differently. Because look what Yanka Ravini did when he favored Yosef. He treated him differently. The fact that he had more patience to him or more liking to him is something that's I won't say it's, it's inevitable but very often it's, it's possible so when a boy sees it notices it, my parents like my brother more than me what do I do? it's, it's a good question what, what does a boy do? now when it's an adult there's different, there's different ideas what you could do you're living your own life already when it's a boy yeshiva you know, anyway so, but one of the things I did mention and, and again it's a shear so I could take different angles and different things that are relevant for different boys but one idea was that I mentioned the, the famous scar study about the, the study of the group of people that they said will be painted on, they'll paint on their face a scar, right? A very, very nasty looking scar. And they're going to walk around outside and they're going to come back with information how they felt people uh, re- related to them and interacted with them knowing that they had such a scar on their face. They looked so unpleasant to look at. And the painter painted a scar on their face and then, and then they, saw how, they looked in the mirror and saw how it looked like. They were, oh, they felt so awkward with it. And then he said he wanted to just touch it up and he quickly erased the scar. And the whole group went out to talk to people and they came back and they all reported that it was so awkward and people didn't feel comfortable looking them in the face 
and they saw that people weren't comfortable even talking to them, and everything was like, okay, and, and only after that, he, he told them that they didn't have a scar on their face. It was only head. Now, I'm not going to say that this boy was just dreaming when he saw his parents favoring a brother. He may have been, which I also mentioned the possibility. But sometimes when you see a little bit, it becomes something much bigger because that's how you're feeling. You're walking around with a scar on your face, not realizing that nobody sees a scar. So you're feeling intimidated. What I mean to say is that it is possible, and it's important to remember, that your father's insensitive comment um, maybe does reflect on how he feels about your husband or how he felt about him at some point. But maybe he doesn't. Or maybe he just did a little bit. And maybe you're blowing it out of proportion because you were so hurt. And very often you'll be noticing now different things that they said or shouldn't have said or how they're looking or not. And it's really a lot of it in your head. So it's just something to think about. Something to think about. Like Maybe it's not as much as I thought. Maybe it's a little less than I thought. Uh, percentage or uh, you know, uh, whatever. In, in different ways of seeing that it's not necessarily as black and white as you thought about them looking down at him necessarily or not accepting him. I'm just using these words because sometimes that's where people, that's where people go when they take this thing you know, out of proportion. Um, now, I'm not sure what the connection with the two points of your letter was. One was my parents don't approve of my husband. One was I need more quality time. Okay, I'm going to suggest, and this is I'm saying it because it's important that people understand this part. Sometimes you feel like maybe I did settle, uh, and under the day my parents don't see him as such a social guy. Um, yeah, I, I'm okay with that part, but I, I do see where I am settling. In other words, when you, once you start convincing yourself you're settling, you already feel like you're settling, and you're already settling on more things that you don't even have to settle on just because you feel like you're anyway really a stick loser. And it's something to think about. You might not make your husband into a big talker. Right? And, and you shouldn't. And it's good to accept him. And, and this is a personality probably and just who he is and just fine. But there are things that you could take care of. So if you're settling for less quality time because you already see this relationship as mediocre or second class, that's a mistake. Now, I don't know because you didn't say what you tried to do. But very often when you tell your husband that you want more quality time or, that, or nicer put, that you love spending time with him and it would mean so much to you if we could make time or schedule something, maybe he'll do it. Now, I don't know if you ever tried or if you tried in the wrong way and you felt you were trying to control him, or you said it in a negative way that you're resenting the fact that we don't have quality time or saying it the wrong way. But very often, there's no reason to settle. Some people settle for less without knowing that they could really have more. So I'm just saying, you know, it might very, be, very, very much be possible that you could have more quality time. And if he's not a big talker, there are ways to spend quality time without being a big talker. You can listen to a share together um, and, and discuss the share for a few minutes afterwards. Or you could take a walk and enjoy the scenery without schmoozing so much. Or you could prepare something nice to say uh, when you're walking together, even if he's just a good listener. There are ways to appreciate quality time with someone who's not the biggest talker and with somebody who doesn't initiate it on his own. And very often, when you do it the right way, you don't have to settle for less. So if one part of your marriage made you feel like you're settling anyway and then you just started throwing more things to the path, okay, so it's not the way I want to be more, you know, this part I'm okay with. Sometimes there are things you could change. And if you could change something in a healthy way without anyone being hurt, you should. And every marriage deserves to be the best. And when it's there's something heilig and gehoiben and, and, and spiritual about being happily married. So don't look at it like, okay, it is what it is. No, enhancing a marriage and doing whatever you could to, to take it up to the next notch. In your house, without looking what anyone else thinks about it, that's something very powerful and something that we could all uh, do with Hashem's help. And live together.